Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations. You're about to arrive to the right place. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Ellen and Aaron's Force for Podcast. Are you ready for it? Now, here is... And good evening, everybody. It's uh, Friday, March the 18th of 2022. It's the Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Podcast, and we are excited to have you on here tonight. We have a lot to get to, a lot of player movement in Major League Baseball with the lockout ending here a week ago yesterday, trades, free agent signings, uh, whatnot. Uh, Games actually started uh, as of yesterday in both the Cactus and the uh, Grapefruit Leagues in Florida and Arizona, respectively. Uh, NFL quarterback shuffle, it's uh, happening again this week. We'll talk a lot about that here tonight. And then, of course, um, one of those quarterbacks is a guy named Tom Brady. I'm not sure if you've heard of him or not, but uh, he is back. Uh, we'll be talking a little bit about that decision and how that impacts the rest of the NFL. Of course, we can't have the Alan and Aaron Sports Talk podcast without Alan. And he is, of course, here with us tonight. Good evening, uh, Alan. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking, Aaron. Always great to be here on the Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. It certainly is, and we're glad to have all of our listeners uh, joining us uh, here this evening. And, Alan, we've got a special guest here tonight. Uh, tell us who we have on the line. Yeah, we have a special guest, Steve Taylor from the Franchise Consulting Company. He's going to share a little bit about himself, a story about Dave Robson, and much, much more. In fact, let me bring him on right now. Welcome to the Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. How are you doing so far tonight, Steve Taylor? So far, so far, so good. I'm about two-thirds of the way of a high school uh, sports extravaganza. My, my two daughters are swimming, and I'm waiting to go out and watch my son play lacrosse. But uh, there's no better way to spend a Friday evening other than experiencing high school sports and then, of course, talking to you, Alan. Oh, yeah, that's excellent. So you got a jam-packed evening tonight. So, wow, swimming and also lacrosse. What do we, yeah, we hey, expect? It's- I lose you? No, you're still here. Oh, okay. I I was just reiterating. Uh, it 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 seriously as a father and a, a parent, it doesn't get better than that. Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, definitely. And I know that you're a bit of a swimmer yourself in the past, so maybe they're taking after your thoughts. <laughs> don't, don't. Yeah, so that's fantastic and. So it's good that you have kids that are into sports and staying athletic and moving around. And and speaking of sports, you also had a great story that, you know, you know about David Robinson, your roommate. Please share that with us. Well, yeah, it's kind of, I was going to do the build up. I didn't really want to use his name, but the, the, the cat is literally out of the bag. Let's, let's just say I went, uh, graduated from the Naval Academy in the late eighties. I happened to be the roommate of a great sports uh, uh, legend that played basketball uh, professionally, probably one of the top 50 uh, basketball players of all time. Let's just pretend we don't know his name. But, uh, yeah, my, my story goes something like this. I, uh, we were assigned rooms when we first showed up in the middle of the summer before our freshman year. It's called Plebe, Plebe Summer there. And uh, – 
I took David aside and I said, now, David, you know, Navy has a really good basketball team. You might want to focus on your studies. I had an older brother. His good friend uh, had gone to the Naval Academy, had been an excellent high school basketball player, didn't make the team, and eventually failed out. So me being the the considerate man I am, uh, even back then, I I warned Dan, uh, 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 I'm sorry, this basketball player, whom we're pretending not to know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so thankfully, uh, over the years, I've become a much better uh, businessman than I than a sports prognosticator. So, uh, um, that's that's kind of the beginning of my end in as far as my scouting report or you know any technical sporting uh, sporting uh, advice you or your listeners are looking for. Oh, that's awesome! Every bit helps. We love to hear great stories, <laughs> and uh, you know the great thing is. You were sharing some of this, but I definitely want to invite the audience to hear, being that you are now a businessman, please tell us about the franchise consulting company and what it does for fitness and health. Sure, sure. So so I, I've done a, a couple things in my life. Most recently, prior to this, was as a business owner uh, for about 10 years, and um, uh, I ended up uh, owning a, a franchise business. And and we did some good work there, but uh, about two and a half years, I thought, you know, what what's next? And um, I started working with people that wanted to learn more about owning their own business. And I'd done that kind of on a part-time basis when I was an owner. And uh, as it turned out, I sold my business. And I started focusing on um, full-time. And I think we initiated the, con- uh, the conversation. And I was talking to you a little bit about what's really doing well. And really right now um, health and fitness franchises are doing excellent. And there uh, it's been kind of strong headwinds and I'll, I'll tell you who hasn't done well. Um, if you follow the news or the financial news, uh, it's the, the big box gyms. You, the, you, you know, uh, their, their business models, if I could be a little, uh, uh, you know, abrupt their business models is charges absolutely the absolute least amount possible to the greatest number of people and then hope uh, they don't show up. And what we've found, especially over the last six months, is um, uh, health and fitness is coming back very strong. People are not real excited about Peloton and and uh, I mean, I'm picking on them specifically, but people want to come back and work out with uh, like-minded individuals. And uh, um, a lot of the franchises we work with, a lot of the businesses, uh, they talk about building community. And anybody who works out regularly, and and I do, know how important this community is. Maybe it's a buddy that you go lift weights with or a group of guys you play basketball with on a on a Saturday morning, but, but having that community. So there's... There are these concepts, typically they're what we call boutique fitness. So, you know, it's based on, uh, you know, let's say bicycling or it could be based on boxing or, you know, one, one of these sports um, uh, that provides a, uh, a mode of fitness or a, um, uh, a typical technique, let's say. And, uh, uh, and 
these businesses are really about building community and uh, creating incentives for people to come back. And then um, also, I mean, just financially, they're not they're not they're not building a business whose model is hoping members don't come in. They're building a business that encourages members to come in because we know happy people tend to refer things that make them happy. So they're creating environments that are um, really attractive to people who like to work out. And even, yeah. and even those who, who, who doesn't necessarily enjoy working out every day of the week, but that's, that's basically it. Yeah. I, you know, that's a, it's definitely an interesting business model that you have. And it's something that people really need. I always thought, that it was just a myth of people, you know, these gym memberships that they actually wanted people to come in. But you kind of confirmed that a lot of these big box gym memberships, they kind of don't want you to come in. I kind of thought that, but you confirmed that. Talk a little bit about their thought process about getting people to sign up but not show up. Well, it's, you know, it's, um, I'll tell you, um, the it's a lot more compelling marketing if you can advertise $14.99 adult, you know, $14.99 a month, right? So um, a lot of the, the boutique gyms, you know, the, the average cost may be $100, $200. Um, but what we're finding is people, when, it's, when it's, a, it's a community and where it's very successful, people come in uh, 15 times a month, not one or two. And um, – they tend to be more satisfied and it becomes more of a, a, a self-fulfilling prophecy or a, a self-reinforcing membership model at that point. And it's, it's frankly, it's a lot better for the athlete and a lot better for the, the, um, the business, right? You can build a very compelling business model with a limited number of uh, people and, and frankly, uh, you know, if you take it a step further, you can aim or let's say a small chance of three to five uh, businesses in a relatively small area, and then they start growing uh, uh, organically. Uh, get, you get a critical mass of, uh, of people and uh, members, and then it starts, uh, it starts building on itself. So... Um, Unfortunately, we've lost some really uh, some very successful businesses over the last couple of years. Uh, but in my world, what every time there's a there's a loss like that, there's an opportunity, and there's certainly there are a lot of companies that very good companies that are coming in and filling uh, filling the void left. Yeah, you're right. And now that things are with the CDC guidelines opening up, I think people are. We know a lot more about COVID and the situation, and it's really nice that things are starting to get back to normal. You're seeing more and more public events, which is great. Talk about your business and now that things are kind of moving behind us, how you can really excel if you jump into this business now. Well, there, you know, there, there are a couple opportunities going right now. So a couple things uh, – are happening that I think it's a confluence of events that really makes now the time to, to consider investing. Um, number one, uh, 
uh, like I said, there's there's an opportunity created by uh, failed business models, um, and then the number two, there's a there are a whole lot of people that are sick and tired of working out on their own, work you know walking around the block instead of going to the gym, uh, not hanging out with their friends. I mean, uh, and it and it crosses all ethnic, all gender, you know, all. Um, you know, all financial uh, demographics. I mean, it's widespread, and we're seeing that. And and frankly, you know, again, taking it one step further, uh, there are opportunities. People who uh, haven't been successful, they're finally getting breathing space, and they're like, okay, now uh, maybe I want to, uh, maybe I want to look at doing something. There are businesses available at rock bottom prices that have memberships, and they just need the love of an owner, uh, the you know a little bit of care and feeding, you know a little little attention to detail to, to take them from you know maybe just even to being very profitable at prices. So um, there are a lot of factors at play right now that that really make it a buyer's market. I mean. For someone who has a love of fitness, love of athletics, liking to be out there, um, you, you know, those are these are these are heady times. These are times. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, if you're a person who loves fitness, loves opportunity, really excited about this opportunity that you're presenting here, Steve, what should someone do next to to go ahead and get involved? Well, you know, I would say reach out to me. I I, you know, frankly, I love talking, uh, you know, business. I like talking about sports, although I'm, uh, I'm more of a passionate observer. I do swim regularly, so I guess that counts. But uh, <laughs> reach out to me. I mean, some people argue sports or swimming's not sports. You know, and they're completely bogus. Uh, by the way, um, it is a sport. The um, reach out to me. I mean, I'd love to send people. I've got a short white paper. I mean, it's written uh, in a manner I can understand, but it, it really gives the overview of the whole industry. And um, you, what what I do is I work with people uh, to understand what are their goals and objectives and uh, provide some opportunities that meet those goals and objectives. And uh, I'm not um, I'm not a hard sales guy or anything like that. I I just love talking and um, sharing my passion with people. Uh, so uh, contact me. I can get my email address, phone number if uh, uh, if you like. Okay, so that's okay if we give it on the ear now. Your phone number and email. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, definitely connect with Steve Taylor. You can get him on. Steve Taylor at the franchise consulting company.com. Again, that's Steve Taylor, traditional spelling at the franchise consulting company.com. The cell is 925-351-6270. Again, that's 925-351-6270. And you can look them up also on LinkedIn underneath the trusted franchise advisor. He's got a great business model. You guys need to get involved. Definitely health and fitness is on the rise. 
Is there anything else that you definitely want to share with our listeners tonight before we let you go, Steve? Uh, no, I, I think there's, there's a model that appeals to almost everybody. I passionate about what I do and, uh, I would love to, to chat with you and, and see if I can, I can help you or, um, or not. I mean, my, my objective is to help people look at this. Yes. And that's our objective too. And we want to help you get to the next level, get the word out there, make sure you connect with Steve Taylor at the franchise consulting company.com and definitely enjoy that night with the kids and the family sports night tonight on Friday evening. I hope they do well, both of them. Yeah. So far so good. The, the lacrosse <laughs> game. My, my, my boy is a football guy who just started playing lacrosse. And I guess I missed his first game and he laid some guy out. So I'm hoping for a repeat, maybe a little blood. Um, yeah, really enjoy it. I mean, after watching girls swim uh, for a couple hours, I really, I'm looking for some blood now. So uh, I'll let you know how that goes. Sounds good. I, I believe we have a person on a line before we let you go, Steve, that has a question. Lou, you, sure. you have a question for, for Steve? Um, no, I, actually, no, I just, I just, uh, I've been listening in though. It's okay. Good conversation. Okay. Okay, no problem. But so uh, we'll we'll let you go now, Steve. We really appreciate you joining us on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. We'll spread the word, and we definitely hope that you get the right person to invest in the franchise consulting company. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Have a good evening. You do the same, Steve. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks. Bye now. All right, so that was uh, great to have uh, Steve Taylor on here tonight, and uh, our good buddy Lou joins us now. Um, Yo, Lou, uh, since the last time we talked here a week or so ago, it, it's almost like a, a whole season of, of moves have happened in <laughs> in the sports world, the NFL and baseball in particular. Yeah. Uh, first of all, how are you tonight? All right. And if you think I'm surprised by that move by uh, TB12, uh, no. I knew he was gonna pull a fast one on us. Hey Giselle, what did you Giselle, what did you do wrong anyway? Oh, oh I had to throw that in, of course. Yeah. So he tries yeah. to pull a Brett Favre and a Michael Jordan, of course, on us, you know, pulling the old get a big retirement. So what? That's exactly what you did. <laughs> I just I just gotta say something on this topic that I I for one am not surprised. I called it because oh. If you research Tom Brady and if you watched his documentary, he said it several times that he was not going to retire until he felt, in his own words, that he sucked. And he said that re- repetitively he said that. Yes. It just did not make sense for him to retire where you had a good shot of getting the MVP had it not been for Aaron. You would have got the MVP. And right. your team was one win, in my opinion, one win away from really winning the Super Bowl. If, if if the Bucks yeah. kind of mess up with the, the secondary with that play, I still feel as if the Bucks come back and win that game. So yeah. you at the top of the game, you 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 said the same thing over and over again. So to me, I was not surprised. The only thing that did surprise me somewhat was that he did come back to the Bucks. What are your thoughts about him coming back to the Bucks, Lou? Well, look, I mean, if uh, you know. 
if his, if his buddy, uh, the Gronkinier, you know, was staying there, that, yeah, I'm coming back to the Bucks too. So I guess wherever uh, Gronkowski goes, he's going to go. I mean, because those two are like, you know, seeming like an item or something. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. That doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. So, I mean, I, 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 the only reason why I said that is because. And I nobody should else be either. Yeah. The only thing I was a little bit surprised on that was that. Let's say, because I know that he talked about being with, uh, you know, the 49ers as Joe Montana, things of that nature. He, he's, he's from California. His wife is from California. The reason why I yeah. thought that the 49ers actually had a good shot at this, at getting Tom, was because I feel as if they were one piece away, the 49ers, from really making, maybe even winning the Super Bowl. Because the 49ers, let's be, let's be real, they have a very, very you won't. I, that's what I'm saying. If you get Brady back there and with the same team, they have a very, very good team. With Brady back there yeah. instead of Garoppolo, I say that they, in my opinion, would be the favorites to win because they have a very, very good team. Less Garoppolo. Right. Well, I'm sure the odds are going to go up now. I think Vegas is changing their, their uh, minds right now. I mean, you got to admit, you know, Brady and the Gronk are like, you know, like kind of like the next in the, in the uh, duo category. You know, like Pippen and Jordan, um, Batman and Robin, Abner and Costello, Bert and Ernie. <laughs> well, I wonder about those two, though. But, you know, you get the idea. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, Bert. What are you going to do? No, I better not. Yeah, I had to do it. I had to do it. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I think the big story of the day is, um, well, with uh, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, that that is big news of the day for sure. We'll definitely talk about that. And I will too. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I wanted to get your thoughts on that too, Aaron, about Tom Brady making a return and also making a return to the Bucks. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly not surprised. I think that, you know, yeah. if you think about it this way, when he announced his retirement – I believe it was before the Super Bowl was even played. So he kind of he kind of essentially went under the radar yes. for a couple of weeks. That, 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 that's what I look at this as. Hey, the media is going to leave me alone for a little bit. I can take some time to really think things over. He didn't really give a finality retirement. You know, he didn't have a big press conference and, you know, walk off into the sunset kind of thing. He, he, he kind of did it, did it through social media. He did it through press releases. But we never actually heard it to my knowledge, directly from him. So he left the door wide open. I mean, it was not any question. And then, you know, I, I have to imagine, uh, you know, as a guy who's been in the league for all these years, at the end of a season, whether you won or lost, you're, you're mentally broken down, you're physically tired, you got a lot of things pulling at you in all these different directions. And I'll go back to, you know, 14 or 15 years ago, and Favre did the same thing. It wasn't quite the same scenario is what Brady just did but at the end of that year you're you just want people to leave you alone at some point and you hey I'm retiring I'm done so I think you make an emotional decision and I think that's probably what it was back in late January yeah. early February and now you know here it is okay when you get to the end of that year you're like I don't want to have anything to do with football for a while and then it slowly kind of starts to grow back in you again and that that's I think what happened here I do believe this will be his last year for sure, though. I think this is going to be, and I, I told you this, Alan, 
the day he announced he was coming back, I really look at the Bucks this coming season, and I mean this like in overall way. I realize they just resigned uh, Godwin to a, a three-year deal. This is this is the end of their run after this next season. If Brady's oh, gone, boy. I I kind of think Brady's gone. If, if Brady goes, Gronk's going to go behind him. There's no question about that. Um, and then I can easily see this as kind of a, a catalyst for um, Bruce Arians to. <laughs> probably quietly plan that this is going to be his last year too. He may not announce it before the season, but at the end of the year. And I really would love to see Tampa um, put Byron Leftwich in there as, as the head coach after. I think that he'd be a, a great fit. They might have a couple of rough years trying to kind of re-figure things out, but I, I think that's probably the perfect like plan B, if you will, is to have, you know, have that happen. But am I surprised that Brady no. is coming back? If this had been dragging on until like May, June, even July, the further into the offseason it got, I would have been more surprised. But the fact that he did it so quickly is not really surprising to me. No. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think I agree with both of you guys. I I wasn't surprised at all. I I really wasn't. I was excited. Don't get me wrong. I was like, shouldn't be. But I wasn't surprised that he made the decision to come back. But the thing about this move, I, I agree with you, Aaron. To your point. It's all or nothing this year. If you are a fan of Tom Brady, you want to get an autograph, you want to get a picture, you got to make the play this year to get him because okay. this is it. Super Bowl or it's Super Bowl <laughs> or fun. They got to do everything they can to win the Super Bowl this year because to me, it's Super Bowl or bust. This is absolutely positively wow. Brady's last year. Whether he wins or not, it is his last year. This is, I think, if you're a fan of Tom Brady, be thankful you get a chance to see him play, but this is this is his this is it. This is the last dance. Well, everybody's yeah. got that mentality of Super Bowl or bust, but only one is going to win it. So uh, you know, everybody goes. I mean, every star quarterback goes in with that same mentality. I know what you're saying. I, I I totally agree with you, Lou. But it's like the Bucks. I think have to sell out. Meaning, if they really they have to treat this year as like, hey, guys, we got to use all our resources to win this year because there is no next right. year. I feel like next year is going to be a rebuilding year, and that's yeah, what you got to look at. Yeah. I, I don't I – don't, if I'm the Bucks, I'm not looking past this year. That's it. I'm doing yeah. everything to win this year. But, yeah, Lou, you, you definitely got a great show. Uh we're not going to talk about it on our show, but I'm curious to see if you're going to talk about this topic on your show about the um, swimming. You know, don't talk about it on our show, but I'm saying, are you going to talk about the swimming controversy on your show? Uh, no, I try to stay away from that. I don't want to upset anybody, so I'll leave that out. Okay, okay. We just leave. We unless, it's somebody, unless it's somebody brings it up, but I will not bring it up myself. Okay, good. I, you know, I appreciate you because me and Aaron talked about this prior to the show that we weren't going to bring it up, but I was curious to see who was going to. <laughs> and you brought it up anyways. Moving right along. Be careful. Practice what you preach. But that's all right. <laughs> what do you guys plan for your show, Lou? Well, we're going to discuss the return of Tom Watch's name uh, his return back to the NFL. Yeah. Uh, of course, we're going to be discussing all over the college basketball circuit because it's that time of year. 
for some of you, for some of you it's March Madness, but for those of you who are outside of the uh, you're out of your pool, I guess you can call it March Sadness, depending on your look at it. Yeah, uh, spring training baseball. We're gonna cover as much of the moves as we can in the NBA and the NHL. Remember, Monday's a trade deadline, so you want to uh, be uh, close attention to that. And we got the free agent frenzy already going on in the NFL. It's not even months in the end of the uh, season, and they're already going over. My goodness. So, uh, wow. and we'll also take a look at um, you know because we had a we had a we had two tragedies this week in sports, but one I'm sure you're all familiar with in the world of pro wrestling. So we're going to handle that tomorrow because I know my co-host is going to have a lot to say about it. So uh, you might want to tune into that uh, tomorrow. It could be a you know it could be a quite a story to, to mention here. Oh, we also lost uh, two Yankee players to trade. Thanks a lot. Sure. <laughs> Wow, yeah, definitely a lot to well, talk about. Well, we did a back, so it's not, it's not all bad. Yeah, definitely a lot to talk about. So yeah. sounds like you're going to have a great show. So tune in tomorrow if you can. The number to call is 512-543-4662. I'll say it again, 512-543-4662. And it's called the Enhanced Sports Show. Um, you guys have been on. I hope you do. I hope you get a chance to come come back again in the near future. So um, hopefully I'll, I'll be on here from you. I know great. Definitely a 512-543-4662. Definitely 512-543-4662. Listen to Lou 5 to 7 tomorrow, Saturday, Eastern Standard Time Zone. East Coast time, by the way. East Coast time. East Coast time. That's right. Support Lou. We really appreciate you joining us on the Alan Aaron Sports Radio Show, Lou. You are definitely a legend. Hopefully Thank everybody you. Hopefully everybody uh, moved their clocks ahead last week, so they are, are calling in on time too. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good night. All right. Have a good Thank night, you. Lou. Thank you so much. <laughs> Before we move on here tonight, I just want to recognize our uh, our sponsor here. Um, definitely happy to have Chef G's Barbecue Sauce, uh, Alan. I know you and I have talked about this quite a bit the last couple of weeks. Uh, he is our very first uh, show sponsor. And uh, I would like to say this, uh, so delicious and addictive that you may need a support group. And we are that support group here tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about sports. That's going to help us uh, cope with life. And, uh, of course, uh, barbecue sauce is great on anything. So uh, pick yourself up a bottle. Um, it's on, I believe, I believe it's on our Facebook page. There's a link to the website where you can pick up uh, either individual bottles or I believe you can buy all four and get a little bit of a break in the cost. So. Definitely check out some uh, Chef G's barbecue sauce. Uh, again, it's great stuff. So, uh, Alan, we have a ton to get to here tonight, man. I tell you what, I don't know how we're going to squeeze all this into our time frame here. Um, where do you want to start? I mean, we've got so much going on in the NFL, so much going on in the baseball world. Of course, uh, as Lou just alluded to there, we've got all the college basketball tournaments uh, getting started here uh, as we get closer to the championship Um just so much. We almost have to do two shows to cover everything. So, <laughs> yeah, I know it's a lot going on. It is one of these weeks that was one thing after the other. But I guess I will continue with the NFL since we're we're talking about Tom Brady, and we, you know we talked about his decision to stay. We're so happy he is going to stay. Let me just give a round of applause for Tom Brady. <laughs> I did want to go ahead and, before we continue forward, did want to give our condolences for WWE legend Scott Hall. He unfortunately did die at the age of 63. 
after being taken off life support. So prayers and condolences to the family, friends, and friends of legend Scott Hall. We'll just say a moment of silence for Scott Hall now. Yes, so rest in peace. And uh, we'll talk about that next move, the Deshaun Watson move. What was your initial thoughts about Deshaun Watson going to the Browns? Oh, I mean, I, I, I really thought, you know, his his last couple of days have been pretty hectic and crazy. He got cleared of any of the charges, which is probably a pretty good move in and of itself. We'll leave that off uh, for other people to make comments on it. <laughs> Whatever point, we'll leave it just to the football stuff. But I think we all knew he was going to get moved here at some point. Um, I'm really shocked that it was Cleveland, of all places, that he, he chose to go there. It wasn't like he was, you know, acquired and – didn't have any choice in this. He was actually, uh, you know, free to choose his destination. And uh, evidently he signed, a, I believe it's a $230 million uh, overall yeah. contract. I mean, there's a lot of places he could have gone. He could have gone to, he could have gone to Indianapolis. Um, you know, he, he could have gone to San Francisco for, for all we know. He could have gone to Seattle. There's a lot of places he could have ended up. Uh, he could have gone. Um, I, I'd heard even as early as, uh, or as late as yesterday, he might go to Carolina. So it is a pretty shocking thing to see this because Cleveland has been building to the point where they've been the last two or three years with Baker Mayfield. And now, you know, this is another domino that's going to push the other dominoes over. Baker Mayfield may end up in uh, Baltimore or not Baltimore, but uh, but rather uh, Indianapolis with the Colts. Um, You know, a lot of things are happening. And of course, you know, a week ago it was, it was uh, Aaron Rodgers staying with the Packers. Um, we saw Russell Wilson go to uh, Denver. Uh, Washington ended up with uh, uh, the quarterback went to Washington. <laughs> Help me out here. Oh, um, yeah. Carson Wentz. Yeah, Carson, Carson Wentz, absolutely. So, so it's basically quarterback musical chairs. And I think the thing that really threw the, the wrench into the gears was Tom Brady coming back. Because if Tom Brady stays retired – and his timing was perfect if he was going to stay with the Bucs. You give him another week, and there's a good chance Deshaun Watson ends up in Tampa. So it, it is one of those things where – and there's still going to be other dominoes that are going to fall because now you're hearing Matt Ryan may be going somewhere else. He may be leaving Atlanta. The Colts are high on his list of places to go. Um, Seattle could be another potential destination for him as well. Um, so there's a lot of things that can happen. Um, I, I think we're going to see a couple more big moves here before – it's all said and done, and it wouldn't surprise me for those things that happen in here. We've, we've been hearing about the Sean Watson moving from Houston for a good year now. I mean, look, a year ago, it was he's, he's going to go to Miami. And then we heard – I mean, we've heard almost every team in the league for the most part. Um, you had some interest in him at some point. So, um, you know, hopefully the Browns works out for them. I, I think they're a, a good team. They have pretty solid group of players there. They've been a you know, playoff caliber team the last two or three seasons now, and they have some very passionate fans up there in Cleveland. Um, I think it's it's going to be tough to not see uh, Baker Mayfield in those uh, insurance commercials, so I'm sure he won't be doing those anymore now that he's not in Cleveland. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, if he goes to, to the Colts, that's a good fit, I think, because, you know, they have a coach that was a quarterback um, in Frank Reich, and – I think that he'll work very well with a quarterback like 
Baker Mayfield, if that's indeed where he ends up going. That's really the only place I've heard he might go, so we'll kind of wait and see what happens. I wouldn't be shocked if he's traded over the weekend. Um, and then I'm sure there'll be some other moves that will happen as well. The one that kind of threw me off guard was the move that happened, I believe it was last evening, and you actually texted me before I even had, had seen the alerts on my phone. Uh, Devontae Adams going to uh, to the Raiders from Green Bay for a couple of draft picks, including a first-round pick. Um, that one kind of threw me for a little bit of a loop. I, I want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, it. I was surprised. I was really surprised. I was surprised with the Sean Watson move as well as Devontae Adams. I'll talk about Devontae Adams first. But Devontae, I was surprised because you brought – Aaron Rodgers back, it's no secret that Devontae Adams is Tom is um sorry, is Aaron Rodgers number one target. And he should be because the guy's a beast. He he's very difficult to handle one on one. I don't know anybody in the league besides Galen Ramsey who can somewhat guard him one on one. That's how bad bad meaning good Devontae Adams is. He is a straight out stud. And you brought Aaron back, but yet you traded Adams. It's like the way I looked at this move was I looked at this move as when I did some more research into it, I Adams felt as if he was a little bit betrayed. His own words, this is his words, I, he felt betrayed by Aaron Rodgers. He didn't go into too deep of details about that, but he felt betrayed by him. And basically what Devontae said was, he basically took the money. You know, he had a boatload of money offered him from the Raiders, which I don't think he would have just taken happenstance. I think he was trying to win a championship, but he kind of felt betrayed by Aaron. That motivated him to kind of the money looked even better. So it, it was kind of a, a swipe on Aaron a bit, but it was also a great opportunity for him on the other side. And he took it because there's no way – there's no way he put himself in a better position to win a Super Bowl by going to the Raiders. Yes, you may have gotten paid, which he did. He is the highest paid receiver in the league by far, and he got a boatload of money. But I don't think it was all about money in this decision. It sounded a lot more behind the scenes that was going on. But, yes, he, he didn't put himself in a better position to win a ring. I understand Der they played together, Derek Carr, back in his college days. I get that. But – Derek Carr, with all due respect, is not Aaron Rodgers. So, yes, I was a bit surprised. And by this move, that is advantage Bucks 110%. What are your thoughts, too, on it? Yeah, I think that uh, maybe this is the tip of the iceberg as far as maybe a, a, some bad blood or maybe not bad blood, just, you know, things not working out in Green Bay, maybe the way that, uh, that we all had uh, – had seen, you know, there's a lot of times things that go on in the locker room that we don't hear about. Um, they come to light usually after a season's over, which is where we're at now. So I do think that you're right. I think that, um, you know, the big news really put, in my opinion, um, a week ago, put the Packers right at the top of the NFC um, with the Rams and, and the Bucks are still up there. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, before Brady made his announcement that he's coming back, then the Bucks are kind of right up there with him too. I think the thing that hurts the Rams coming off their win in the Super Bowl is Vaughn Miller goes to Buffalo. So you've lost a huge part of your defense, but you're still going to be a great team. There's no question about that. Um, but I, I look at it this way. Um, 
sometimes these are the moves that teams have to make. I mean, sometimes there's things that sour in a relationship with a quarterback and a wide receiver or a wide receiver and a team and a coach and, you know, whomever else. And maybe we'll never know about all those things out in the open, you know, like we sometimes do, like we, like we had happen with Antonio Brown in, in Tampa. That relationship soured very quickly, and it was very out there when it happened. Maybe that isn't going to happen quite the same way with Devontae and, and, the, and the Packers. Uh, but maybe that's something that needed to happen. Maybe they needed to move on and, and look, they weren't winning a Super Bowl with him. So, you know, that's a great I, I look at yep. it, I, I look at it this way and I'll say this, I'm not saying it's the exact same situation, but I remember when, um, when Edron James left the Colts in 2005 and he went on to, I believe he'd gone to the Cardinals, if I remember correctly. And I thought at that point, Peyton Manning is never going to win a Super Bowl. He's going to, have a great career. He'll never get to the big one. He'll always be a, a you know, going to get to the title game and never get past. So they drafted Joseph Adai in 2006, and he turned out to be a pretty good back. He wasn't nearly the same as, as Edger and James was, but they didn't win a Super Bowl with Edger and James. They won it with Joseph Adai there in Indianapolis. So my point is, mm-hmm. you know, you don't always necessarily win with the best players. Sometimes it's those guys that come in afterwards. And, you know, keep in mind that – Adams was a holdover from uh, from the previous coaching staff and, and the previous you know regime, so maybe with a new different look, maybe that changes things. I will say this that I feel like Aaron Rodgers though is the type of quarterback very similar to Tom Brady in this sense that he makes his receivers better, um, and I think that whoever Green Bay goes out and gets, they're going to have two first round picks. I would be shocked and almost disappointed if at least one of those picks was not used on a wide receiver um i I think they'll find a way to maximize the situation and put themselves in a a shot to be able to win in 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 2022 no you're right they're going to be a very good team you know it just i feel as if i just think that first year is going to be an adjustment year if you do get a, a couple of great receivers in there and yeah so i just feel as if Devontae Adams is that good. In fact, I can remember me watching the, the championship game. I was telling my son, watch, the play's going to go down here. Like when it was lining up, watch, the play's going to go down here because I'm watching where Devontae Adams is going. And to your point, sometimes receiver, uh, sometimes quarterbacks get locked into a number one receiver too much where you kind of know where the ball's going to a fault. And, and it was like two or three times I called it and I was 100% right. I said, watch, the play's going to go down here. And my son was like, how do you know that? I said, you just got to watch where Devontae Adams is going. That's usually where he's going to go with the ball, especially during the, near the end zone, in the red zone. And lo and behold, that's where he did. He tried to get it to him. So sometimes it's, it's to a fault because you don't get so many other guys involved. But, yeah, I, it's just amazing to me how things seem to work out for Tom Brady because – I said it on the show a week ago. This is before Tom Brady made his, his unretirement that Aaron Rodgers had an advantage. He had a big advantage to win the Super Bowl. You know, him coming back, Aaron coming back, no Tom Brady. And you would assume he's going to have Devontae Adams back. And now a week later, we're not so sure. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's a hundred percent there, and uh, you know, 
Green Bay, I think one of the things they could have done, uh, not that he was out there where they could have necessarily picked him up that quickly, but had, had Chris Godwin gone to Green Bay, that might be the thing that puts Tampa Bay a little bit ahead of Green Bay right now is the fact that they have the better wide receiving core um, going into this next season. Now, there's still a lot of things that can happen, so I wouldn't be shocked if Green Bay picks up a wide receiver here in the next you know, week or two. It wouldn't shock me at all trade or, or you know, you know, something along the lines of, uh, um, you know, free agent signings that are out there. Uh, Julio Jones is out there. I mean, he may not be the same receiver he was several years ago, but still a, um, you know, still a very valuable uh, piece uh, moving forward. So, um, but, you know, these are great moves. I think that uh, it really makes the draft now seem even more um, valuable because now, it, obviously, that's look, – look at what uh, Cincinnati did this past year, getting uh, – uh, number one wide receiver that they have uh, from the draft. So things can happen. You, you never know um, as, as far as, you know, players. And you look at Chase, who's the wide receiver I'm referring to, uh, Jamar Chase with the, the Bengals. Um, we all knew he was a great receiver coming out of college, but how big of an impact was he going to make in his rookie season? And look what he did. So you just never know. You, you may find a receiver that's like that in the draft, and you may have a great year with him. And, you know, Rodgers, like I said before, he's the kind of guy who makes players better around him. Guys want to play with him, and evidently Devontae felt differently and wanted to move on to another, you know, to another organization. So, yeah, he did, and and you know, to your point with Deshaun Watson, I, I was that was actually a bit more surprising to me than I, I would put him about the same, but I would have to give the nod a little bit to Deshaun Watson going to the Browns. The reason why I was shocked was because. You know, all the teams that were in the hunt, the Browns were never one of the teams that was mentioned. Plus, I know Baker Mayfield didn't have the greatest year, but he was injured for a good part of the year. And you had rumblings that he wanted a trade. I did not see that Deshaun Watson was going to make the move to go to the Browns. But to your point, Aaron, he's, you know, uh, Baker Mayfield is definitely going to get traded. There's absolutely 110% he's moving on to another team. It's a matter of getting traded. With. So he's going to be on the move, and it, it, it was a it was a shocking move. You know, this guy's been on the league for a whole year. He ends up playing now for the Browns, and you know what? He has a very good team. I, I could see them winning a lot of games, actually, Deshaun Watson and the Browns. But it should be very interesting to see. Yeah, and I think that there was some some sour moments over the last couple of years between Baker Mayfield and, and the Browns. Um, you know, the coaching situation that had changed a handful of times. Um, I think he has a little bit of an ego. I think he thinks he's better than he actually is, uh, referring to Baker Mayfield. And I think he's a good quarterback, don't get me wrong, but I don't think that he is – he's not at the same level as a Tom Brady, certainly. He's certainly not at the same level as a um, Aaron Rodgers. Um, he's not even at the same level as a Russell Wilson. He hasn't won a Super Bowl. All three of those guys I mentioned before have won a Super Bowl. So um, it'd be interesting, though. I will say this. Uh, one team that they have signed a quarterback, they actually uh, signed um, Mitch Trubisky uh, this past week. That was the Steelers. They might be a team that has some interest in Baker Mayfield as more of a franchise quarterback or at least some competition there between those two guys. Can you imagine, you know, the Browns and the, and the Steelers are in the same division if he ends up somehow ending up in – in Pittsburgh, that would be a really big, 
really big move there to see that uh, that occurring. I don't think it will, but nevertheless, it'd still be interesting if it happened. No, it would be interesting. And I think actually the Mitchell Trubisky signing for the Steelers is actually a pretty good signing. You know, it, it almost fits his, his type of style a bit better. He doesn't – maybe he's not the sharpest guy down the field, so he can throw shorter passes. The Steelers are pretty much a run-first team. I think it actually is a pretty good move for the, the Steelers. And to your point about Baker Mayfield, I agree with you. I, I do think with Baker Mayfield there is a bit of an ego there. I do think he does feel as if he's a lot bigger and a hotter item than what he really is, especially being that he gets all these commercials, Hulu, Progressive. I mean, the guy's more doing commercials than anything. He's almost all the time. And I think that built up his ego even more where he sees himself as this mega star. But the, the bottom line in the NFL above anything is what you're actually doing on the field. When I see him on the field, he comes across a short guy who gets knocked down a, a lot with the balls. The balls get knocked down quite a bit. He uh, he's he's an average average quarterback. I, I wouldn't say above average. I would say average. So Deshaun Watson is definitely a huge huge upgrade from from Baker Mayfield. So I would say hopefully this humbles Baker, but he needs to kind of look himself in the mirror and stop worrying about the ego. And one thing I will also say about Baker, he needs to stop worrying about what people say about him in social media. He gets wrapped into a lot of these back and forth bickering with somebody who says, you know, Baker Mayfield, you're trash. He'll go back and forth and entertain this. And that's just wasted energy. Yeah, it's a hundred percent right. I mean, not everybody's going to like you. You know, you can't uh, <laughs> you can't worry about the ones that don't like you. Honestly, that's that's really um, where you start to get you lose your focus. Um, it, it embrace those who do like you, and take advantage of the the ability and the situation for you to have when it comes to fans and, and people out there who follow you and they want to see how you do well. The ones who don't like you, they're not going to like you no matter what you do. So it's best to just move on uh, at that point. So. Um, but, no, I think these are going to be good moves, and I think by the time we talk again next week, I'm pretty positive that we'll see Baker Mayfield with a different uh, different uniform on. No, I agree. I, th- I agree. I'd be surprised if he's in the same uniform. I just think the Browns just want to get pretty good value for him. As long as they get pretty good value for him, I definitely see he's going to be able to move because he's definitely getting traded. There's no doubt about it. And I definitely wanted to get your thoughts – before we shift into the baseball transactions, do you think Colin Kaepernick at this point, with all these moves that have been made in NFL, there is definitely availability needed. Do you think Colin gets a job someplace or an opportunity? I do. I, I do. I don't think he's going to get a job. No one, let's be honest, no one's going to sign him tomorrow as a starting quarterback. I think we would both agree with that, right? Yeah. I mean, you, I, I would say I somewhat agree because there is so much availability that, he might get a chance to play as a starter. It's the best – it's the most opportune time is for him. I think there's enough need this year and lined up really good for him where a team might need him to be a starter. So, Well, what I'm, what I'm saying more or less is I don't think any, anybody's signing him with the idea that he's automatically the starter. He's going to have to compete for his job. There's no question about that. Oh, he's yeah, been out of the league yeah, for yeah, yeah, five yeah, or I six agree. years. Kind of like what happened with um, – with, uh, a couple of years back with Cam Newton when he went to 
to uh, New England. Um, it was more of a we're going to see who's who's competitive, who's going to win the job, and of course he ended up uh, starting there for a little bit. So I see the same thing happening with Colin Kaepernick. This is the way I look at it, though. The way that the dominoes are typically going to fall is the the guys who have the higher value are going to go first. So we've seen Rogers resign, all the trades we saw in the last week or so. Deshaun Watson today, the big name now is going to, of course, be uh, Baker Mayfield. He's going to go somewhere. So as these pieces start falling and the guys who are not as valuable are the next guy up on deck, that's when he'll end up signing somewhere. Um, if I had to predict right now, Baker Mayfield, of course, is going to end up with the Colts. Um, you still got a couple other quarterback moves out there that still may be made. There, there's probably a couple of ha- there's probably a handful of moves that still might get made that we don't even know about yet because teams are now evaluating. Okay, here's what these guys got for you know the Brown. Here's what the Browns gave up to get Deshaun Watson. What does it put our guy as at a value? So I look at maybe three or four teams that I think would be a good fit uh, for Kaepernick. I think Seattle has certainly got to be high on the list because of the way they run their offense. And Kaepernick is a guy who can move around in the pocket. Um, I would not be shocked. And I know a lot of people might kind of sound this is kind of a little bit crazy, but I think the Dolphins might have a shot at him too. Give some competition to your quarterback position, especially with Tua. You know, sometimes when you bring in a guy who competes for the job, it's kind of like backing an animal into a corner. They're, they're going to come out of their shell kind of thing. So uh, Miami, I think, would be another option really good opportunity there's now an opening of course in houston uh with deshaun watson not being there anymore so houston is certainly an obvious choice and you've got uh a veteran head coach now in lovey smith and then atlanta atlanta is definitely another one um because uh, another name that i think is going to probably get moved here in the next two weeks is matt ryan um he may very well be uh, on his way out of uh, uh out of atlanta after all no what, 15 years or so that he's been there. He's basically been there since Vic left uh, in 2007. So, um, so I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, those are four pretty logical fits, I think. There's good situations in pretty much all those places. I think his best – honestly, I think his best place to possibly start would probably be Seattle just because I think Pete Carroll and the, the familiarity with that offensive system is a good fit. He'd have to compete, of course, with, uh, with uh, Drew Locke. That'd be a very good competition, I think. I don't think you can go wrong with either one of those guys. Let's be honest, Seattle's not a team that anybody is really looking at right now with a high expectation in 2022. Maybe that changes with some other moves that get made through the rest of the offseason. But, you know, you bring in a guy who wants to play and, and has that desire and drive to compete, and we'll see what happens. No, I agree. I, I definitely do hope that Colin gets an, an opportunity, a second chance in the league. I do think – this is going to be the year that it happens. I feel like it will happen. I think Seattle, to your point, is a great move because, you know, what ends up happening is they need a quarterback. Seattle needs a quarterback. And I think Pete, Pete Carroll likes Colin. And that's a good move because they can use a quarterback there. It seemed like he's he been working out with Tyler Lockett. They, so I just definitely think if Colin does not get an opportunity this year, then it's not going to happen. But I do feel as if he's going to get an opportunity. I feel like it's a little different this time around than it was the last time around. Last time meeting when he tried to have that workout in Atlanta, things was a debacle and it didn't go anywhere. But he did have teams that were interested. I feel like this year it's more sincere. I think now that more time has went by, I feel like he really wants to play because I think he knows that this is his last opportunity really 
chance of an opportunity. I hope he does get an opportunity, and I hope he does play. I do think Seattle's a good fit. I even think Atlanta would be a good fit, too, for him. But I definitely do think he will get signed. Maybe not, as you mentioned, as to your point, as maybe not the starter, but at least a chance to compete for the starting job. Yeah, you're not going to see him go most likely to, you know, Denver or to uh, Buffalo or, you know, any place that already has a pretty firm starting quarterback. He's not going to go to Green Bay. He's not going to go to Tampa. Um, So he's going to go to a place where he has an opportunity to be in the competition for the starting job. You know, another team I wouldn't be shocked at um, just because they have a rookie or he was a rookie this past year uh, quarterback. It would be the, the bears. Um, you know, you bring in a veteran quarterback like Colin Kaepernick, who can, again, kind of, he can model to you that being able to move around in the pocket and maybe he's only there for a year. I don't think you're going to see him sign a multi-year deal for sure. Uh, especially when he's been out of the league as long as he has, but you bring in a guy like that who can kind of, Teach the younger players how to play, you know how to how to play the position as a moving in the pocket quarterback. That might be a good fit. So I throw Chicago in there as maybe like the, the, the top five teams he potentially could go to. Yeah, that's right. It's a good choice that he can go there. And I mean, I you know initially you may not think he may not get a long term deal, but he's thirty four going on thirty five. It all depends on what he does. I think if he performs well, he. You know, it's, it, there's no drama, which I don't. I don't believe there will be. I really think that that's kind of behind him and the, behind what people. I think a team could come in pretty confident that it's going to be pretty smooth sailing. I think if he performs well, I could see him getting a one-year deal and could turn it into two or three-year deal with. Yeah, I agree. Incentive if if things go well, it, it really. NFL is one of these type of things. Is what have you done for me lately? What do you? That's the type of league it is. What have you done for me lately? If you come out there and shine on the field during play, you get handsomely rewarded with opportunities. And I think he has a, a great opportunity. And Colin Kaepernick, if he's interested in coming off show, I'd love to have him as a guest. You know, I definitely did watch his uh, Netflix special, so. Um, I definitely have some great questions for Colin, and I wish him luck in, in getting a, a job. I definitely don't want to see a, a man who really wants to work, be productive, not get an opportunity. I think that's not just in football, but in life. I don't. I think a working man that really wants to work and really hungry should get an opportunity because a person who is really hungry who doesn't get an opportunity could be worse for society. <laughs> 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 We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I would expect something for him probably to to happen in the next maybe two three weeks uh, as we get kind of towards the end of the the free agency. And then of course, you know, there's uh, moves that happen right before the draft, which is right at the end of April. Um, then you have uh, roster cuts that are made too. So sometimes moves happen even after that. Um, so we may even get to closer to you know the the mini camps before something happens. But I, I I'm I'm pretty confident like you are that he's going to sign somewhere uh, here in uh, 2022 uh, moving right along uh, what a week for major league baseball it's about eight days now since the lockout came to an end thankfully and a flurry of moves i mean trades and free agent signings and um just all kinds of things happening in fact a uh, little bit of breaking news i just uh, discovered here a moment ago um now former los angeles dodger closer kenley jansen has just signed a one-year 16 million dollar deal to pitch in the Atlanta Braves bullpen. So 
Braves lose Freddie Freeman to the Dodgers. Dodgers lose Freddie uh, lose uh, Kenley Jansen to the Braves uh, on a one-year, sixteen million dollar deal. That's a good deal for both sides. Um, Want to get your reaction? There's been a ton of stuff to talk about baseball-wise. As I mentioned there a second ago, um, biggest uh, thing that happened this past week, um, back on Monday, it's been a saga for about a year now. Was Freddie Freeman going to stay with the Braves? Was he going to go somewhere else? Was he going to possibly sign with the Rays? I know that name, a uh, team had come up here a little bit. Atlanta decided to move on to a younger uh, first baseman. They get Matt Olson from the uh, from the Oakland A's. They sent a whole bunch of good prospects over to Oakland. As soon as I saw that news come across the wire on Monday, I knew the Freddie Freeman era in Atlanta was over. And as a lifelong Braves fan, it was hard to see that. Because this is like the Chipper Jones of this era um, leading the team. Um, it really kind of hurt in a sense. And then to watch him in the press conference today putting Dodger Blue on, it was kind of hard to see. But I, I think Atlanta came out ahead. I think the Dodgers certainly they looked really good too. But I want to get your thoughts on – on seeing that move happen. I was, I wasn't shocked because I know that he wanted to come back to Atlanta. He said that, but being that it took so long for him to kind of re up with them when it gets this late in the game and negotiations, unfortunately, that's usually what ends up happening. And you end up finding that they went someplace else. You know, he's a, this is going to be definitely more pressure on the Dodgers to, to go ahead and win again. But, it's definitely a, a you know, it, it's kind of hard because he, you play in the World Series against one team, then you go to the other team. It's just, I was a little surprised. What did you think? Well, I knew it was going to happen quick. Whatever was going to happen, it was going to happen quick. Um, you know, it was almost one of those things where I thought within 24 hours we were going to see a move. And I honestly think that after that first 24 to 48 hours after the lockout ended, I kind of felt if he hadn't re-signed with the Braves by that first week, about a week ago, basically, uh, if he hadn't re-signed or at least there wasn't an imminent deal in the works, it was pretty certain that Atlanta was going to move on. And I think I look at it this way. He's 32. He's been very, very productive. But I, I saw something that really stood out to me. And he might be the uh, the anomaly in this. Maybe he is. I don't know. But it was a, a, a article talking about first baseman in particular who are 32 years of age or older that signed long-term contracts of six years or longer. And it was guys like Albert Pujols, uh, Ryan Howard, Jim Tomei. There was uh, several other people on the list. I want to say uh, Prince Fielder may have been in there too. And it talked about after they signed that contract in the first two years or so, their production started to really get dim. And I think the Braves looked at it as, okay, He's a he's a lifelong brave. He's a fan favorite. He's a face of our team. We're going to give him five years. And they, they apparently offered him five years uh, at 140, which is uh, 28 million a year on average. And he gets the six years and 162, I think, for the Dodgers is what he ended up with. You got to think about it this way. Even though there's a DH in the National League now, this is a guy who plays every day in the field. He, he's going to have some some dimmer numbers as he gets a little bit older. His numbers are going to fall off a little bit. Just naturally, that's what happens. You look at it, what Atlanta got in replace of him. Matt Olson is a more power hitter. He may not hit for quite high an average, but he he is a really highly regarded defensive first baseman. puts up big numbers. He's from Atlanta. That was probably the thing that really kind of pushed it over the edge. Okay, this is a guy who wants to be here. They immediately signed him to a eight year extension, 
the day after they acquired him. So, you know, it, it's hard. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I watched that press conference today where they introduced Freeman as a Dodger and Washington put on the uniform. And, you know, <laughs> it's going to take some – like if, you, if you're a if you're a Patriots fan and you saw Tom Brady go to the Bucks a couple of years back, it was probably really hard to watch that. This is the same thing for me. I mean, this would have been like 20 years ago watching Chipper Jones sign with another team. It would have been hard to do. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm sure all of Atlanta feels this way. They feel a little bit torn, a little bit hurt. They're happy they got a new guy to come in and a and, uh, guy can be very productive, if not more productive than Freeman uh, will probably be during that same amount of time. But, um, you know, I, I think – Ultimately, everybody comes out a winner on this. I think the Dodgers lineup, holy cow, they're going to be good. I mean, now with the DH in the National League, you can give him some days off where he can just hit and not have to worry about playing in the field and potentially risking injuries as he gets a little bit older. Their lineup is going to be absolutely incredible um, in L.A. I would hate to have to face them. They're not going to be a, a fun team to, to go up against. And you got to keep in mind, too, they won 106 games and won the wild card 2021 so you got to think with their lineup now potentially and yes they lost some pieces here they might win 110 games or more this year um they they have that good of a a look to them i i I do kind of have a little bit of a a question mark about their pitching if it's going to stay consistent throughout the year but even if it doesn't they should still win a lot of games just because they have you know that good of a team so um your yankees uh they made a big splash here. Um, see Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela went to the twins and they ended up with, uh, Josh Donaldson, who is an excellent third baseman and power hitter. And then they got a shortstop and I'm not familiar with him. Uh, but looks like the Yankees are trying to kind of create a, a stellar lineup of their own in the American league. They are. I mean, I was a little, I was surprised on those moves. They, they got rid of Luke Bolt too. He went to the the Padres. Yeah, and yeah. It's been a it's been a lot of moves with the Yankees. Sanchez going, he's a fan favorite. So I don't know. It's it's a question mark. I know they got a pitcher for him, but it's a question mark to me. Like how the Yankees going to look as far as gate attraction? I, I just little surprised. They usually like to keep somebody there who. Besides Judge, I guess he's going to be the guy. I, I was a bit well, surprised I mean, by that. Yeah, you've got a, you got a solid lineup, though. I mean, you think about it, you got Judge, you got Stanton, you've got uh, – you, they, they did bring back uh, uh, Anthony Rizzo to play first base. Um, I still think that there may be a trick up their sleeve or two uh, when it comes to maybe going after Carlos Correa. I know that um, most people don't think they have the, the, the money – we know the Yankees have the money, but they don't want to spend the money on shelling out three hundred plus million dollars for him. But I, I wouldn't be shocked if if he's out there for another week or so. He's really the last big name free agent hitter, um, or he's the biggest free agent hitter on the market right now. If he's out there in another week, I wouldn't be surprised if the rumors of the Yankees start coming back, uh, you know, back around again. Uh, I, I know they got a shortstop, but he he would be the guy that would really fit their long term you know, need there at, at the shortstop position. Yeah, that, he would be very expensive. And, I, you know, you're right. I, I know the Yankees like to make a big splash in the offseason. Big splash meaning signing a big free agent 
they always are good from one of those. So to me, you to your point, it could happen. I was just a little surprised that they let Luke Bolt go. Yeah, I mean, uh, given that he's a, a, a right-handed hitter, um, you know, you want to keep balance in your lineup for sure. Uh, they have plenty of it, of course, with uh, Judge and uh, Stanton, as long as those guys can stay healthy, which has definitely been their biggest, you know, issue the last, you know, two or three years. I think when I look at the Yankees right now, though, the thing and the Dodgers are really the same way. Both of those teams have stacked lineups for sure. My concern with both of those clubs right now is pitching. I mean, you've got good pitchers, don't get me wrong, but how, how deep does it go for both, uh, for both clubs? So I, that's really where I would kind of look at and say they may need to refocus – here before all the big free agents are gone and maybe consider bringing in an arm. Uh, I know Grinky is off the market now. He went to the Royals. Um, there's a couple other pitchers out there that may still get traded between now and opening day here in about three weeks, but um, it, it, it is pitching is what's going to keep you from losing. You're, you're going to win with pitching uh, over offense any day. You've got to stop the, the, the bleeding, if you will. So, um, couple other big moves uh, this week. Uh, i tell you what, the Oakland A's are, are getting rid of everybody. It seems like they've traded away about half their team now. And they also sent uh, Matt Chapman up to Toronto uh, for some prospects. Um, of course, uh, Olsen went to the Braves earlier this week. And then they made a move. I want to say it was with the White Sox. I may be wrong on that earlier in the week as well. So they've made a ton of moves. Uh, Chris Bryant gets the big deal with the Rockies, which I, I don't understand his going to Colorado, and I, I immediately told somebody I don't think he'll be there the entire length of that contract. Colorado is just not a very good ball club. Um, he's going to hit for a ton. He'll probably hit more home runs there than he would have hit anywhere else. But, again, they don't have yeah. any pitching in Colorado whatsoever. I just don't know how they're going to be a competitive uh, ball club this next year. There is an extra wild card team, so I guess they could get in that way, but it seems like it's uh, – you know, a little further down the road than just this next year. Yeah, he's definitely going to hit a lot more home runs in Colorado, that's for sure. But, yeah, it's, you know, sometimes these, these moves really surprise you because it's like, hey, was it really just all about the money? And I know that you, you actually had a big stir-up on social media with the trades. Can you enlighten everybody about that back and forth you went with through the trades of this week? Uh, well, which specific? Uh, uh, well, I think it's Olsen. It's on on our show page. You had a lot of people going back and forth about the trades. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, it kind of goes back to you know, if if you're a Braves fan like I am, or if you're just a baseball fan in general, seeing a player who's been a a franchise cornerstone leave, and then you bring in a younger player to replace him, there's going to be some mixed feelings about that. I think that. Uh, I think I have the. I think it was from Wednesday, uh, which would have been let's see, the 16th. Um, yeah, I think the question that I put out there was, let's see here, just simply watching Freeman leave after all these years, and it got me thinking about, you know, not just in baseball, but uh, you know, in any, any other sport for that matter. Um, what player left your favorite team, and? You know, what, how shocked were you when the player left? And, and name some players. And I did mention I'd read these on air, so I'm going to go ahead and pull this up now. Um, I'm not really big into soccer. I don't know a whole lot about it, but I, I do know some people who are <laughs> certainly um, into it. So I have uh, James Wells, um, 
He mentions uh, Ronaldo leaving Manchester United to go to play for Real Madrid. Um, and then let's see, there's some other ones that I'm here. I'm not going to mention. <laughs> They're not really air appropriate, but this is a big one here. Um, Johnny Damon, when he left the Red Sox and went to the Yankees and had to cut his hair and beard off, you know, that was a, a strange, uh, strange situation. And then uh, another guy that uh, I should know him pretty well from a long time ago, John Deary. You know, he's a big, big Cubs fan. Uh, he's also a Dolphins fan. Jason Taylor, when he left the uh, Dolphins and went to the Jets, and I'd forgotten that that even had happened. <laughs> Jason wow. Taylor was a, a longtime Miami Dolphin, um, really was kind of the face of their defense for the longest time there in, in South Florida. So, yeah, when he went to the, the Jets, that was definitely an uh, awkward uh, awkward look for sure. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He was a very good player, too, for the Dolphins as well, Jason Taylor and and I did want to give some breaking news on a kind of a downside. Long-term journalist and reporter John Clayton from ESPN, unfortunately, has passed away. May he oh wow rest in peace. Yeah, that's uh I did see that here that he did pass. Uh, so definitely, I want to send our prayers and condolences to the family and the friends and fans of John Clayton. Passed away just a few minutes ago. And uh, we're going to go ahead and give our moment of silence for John Clayton. Yes, it's uh, definitely, you know, life is one of those things that you got to make make the most of it because you just never know. 67 years of age, rest in peace to John Clayton. But Yeah, yeah I've, been, uh, I've been watching NFL football and, and football news on ESPN for – Oh, man, 30 years probably, and John has always been uh, one of those kind of, for lack of a better term, kind of the nerdy football guy. He was always uh, the analytical, you know, knew the inside story, the inside scoop. Um, and it, it, reading here, he had a, a brief illness, unfortunately, that uh, that uh, led to his passing here today. But long time with ESPN, always, um, always was good to watch uh, on – you know, reporting or, as I mentioned, the inside story and, and getting in, especially the draft type stuff. He was always a big, big part of ESPN's coverage of, you know, that kind of stuff as the draft approached. So definitely our condolences to uh, John Clayton, his family, and, of course, uh, the ESPN family that worked with him for many, many years. Yeah, definitely. It's just, you know, he's he's been a, a great reporter giving you insight. And, man, it's just, that's really disheartening right there. But um, it was, he had a brief illness. Didn't seem like it was, you know, like you said, a long time sickness and it happened pretty quickly. So definitely I want to give our condolences. Yes. But yeah, we wanted to also, Talk more about the Major League Baseball. You wanted, you also did mention that you're going to go to a couple of spring training games. Let us know about that. Well, I've uh, I've already got tickets tomorrow. I'm heading to uh, Bradenton, Florida. That is uh, where the Pittsburgh Pirates train. Uh, they're playing against Detroit tomorrow. Uh, I like to shake things up a little bit. I don't have any interest in either one of these clubs. I just like to go places that I haven't been very often. So, I'm going to be there tomorrow, Sunday. I'll be in Dunedin. That is where uh, Toronto. 
Uh, they do their training there. They're actually playing against the Pirates. So we'll be seeing the Pirates two days in a row. I'll have a good scouting report on both the, uh, on Pittsburgh by the end of the weekend. I'll be pretty well versed in what they've got. Uh, next weekend, I believe I'll be down in Fort Myers uh, as Tampa takes on Boston at, uh, at Boston's uh, spring training facility. And then the following week here in Lakeland, I believe on the 1st of April, two weeks from today, uh, the Yankees are actually playing here against the Tigers. I am also going to be attending that game, and there may be a game or two in there that I haven't uh, booked just yet. But I'm going to have about four or five games on the slate over the next uh, two, two and a half weeks, and uh, right leading into opening day. Wow, definitely. That's great. You know, it's, it's selling. You have a great time. He, he's got it lined up, so that's why baseball is great to be back. And is there any particular players that you're hoping to maybe see? Well, I mean, looking at the, uh, the the two teams tomorrow, it's Detroit and Pittsburgh. They're both kind of, you know, rebuilding clubs. Uh, Pittsburgh had been uh, more contending maybe about five, six years ago. Detroit, kind of the same thing. They've kind of gone through a rebuild phase. So they've got a lot of prospects coming up. Um, there's not any particular players on either side that I'm really specifically interested in. Uh, a lot of times these early spring training games, it's a lot more prospects that are playing. So there'll be some names I'm sure that I'll, I'll see in there in the lineup tomorrow uh, and Sunday as well, for that matter, that are guys that were drafted in the last year or two that'll be really interesting to watch. And I'll kind of have to uh, you know mention some of those uh, on the page as I see them uh, over the weekend. Toronto's uh, more of a contending team. I mean, you've got uh, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. You've got uh, Bo Bichette, uh, Calvin Biggio. Those are all three guys, by the way, that are, sons of former major league players playing in the same lineup. So um, I think that of the clubs that I'm going to see over the next two days, they're definitely the team that has the big, uh, biggest, uh, you know, playoff potential. And I, I definitely think Toronto is going to be a team to play with this year. I, I, I certainly see them as a wild card potential, or maybe a team that could surprise some people and win the division. I, I still think Tampa is a team to beat in the AL East, uh, but Toronto certainly has uh, some good pieces that they can uh, work with. And, of course, they just acquired Matt Chapman from the A's uh, this past week. So their offense is certainly going to be, you know, a lot better as well. I'm looking forward to that one because um, over in Dunedin, I've been to their facility before about 10 years ago. They've apparently uh, remodeled it, and it's supposed to be really nice. So I'm certainly looking forward to uh, getting over there on the coast and catching a ball game. That's awesome. Definitely. It's like you have a great time and make sure you take a lot of great pictures and share with us the experience. Cause it's, you know, getting out to spring training, I, I commend you that you, you go out there and you, you travel places to go see your team, support it. Yeah. That's awesome. No, it's a lot of fun. Man. A lot of fun. And you got to take advantage of it too, being in Florida, because it, this is really the first, spring training that you can attend in full 2019 because you go back two years ago and that was right when our show was starting, but it was also right when COVID was getting kicked off spring training shut down altogether. So those games were gone a year ago. It was really hard because tickets first and foremost were hard to get. They were only letting about a third of the crowd in and the prices on these tickets were insane. I mean, it was like trying to get into a Beatles concert back in the sixties. It was really hard to find tickets uh, at least reasonably priced. And so this year I, I was like, you know, it's only going to be about two and a half weeks long. Got to get with it. And so I enjoy uh, being right in central Florida, being able to 
only have to drive maybe two hours at the most to get to a park. And there's a lot of great parks, especially when you get down to um, South Sarasota, down into Fort Myers. You got the Red Sox, the Rays, uh, the Twins, Braves are down there now. You got the Orioles and the Pirates in the Sarasota area, and then you go over to the other side of the state uh, where you've got uh, Jupiter. I think it's the Cardinals and the Marlins. The Mets are in Port St. Lucie. And then I think there's one other team down there, the Marlins. Oh, let's see, on the East Coast, I mentioned St. Louis. There's another team. Oh, I know it's the Houston Astros and the uh, the Nationals. They're in uh, West Palm Beach now. So um, if you're going to any spring training games, feel free to send us some pictures of games that you've gone to. We'd love to add them to our Facebook page, and we'll mention your name on air for sure for doing it too. Yeah, that's awesome. We definitely would love to see your pictures and share your experiences during spring training and Dunedin. That's cool because I've actually been to that stadium in Dunedin. That was actually a great place to get autographs because the players had to kind of go around this little round area to get to the field. And it's always cool when they put things where the players can make it hard for them to ignore you because they have to kind of go around you. So Dunedin, I didn't see, you know, now that they remodeled it, I hope they didn't take that part out, but, you know, that's one of the cool things. I know uh, what ended up happening is the, another great place, which they don't play anymore, was down in Winter Haven for the Cleveland Indians. I know CC Sabathia, you know, said it was an old stadium and old equipment, you know, workout stuff. But it was a great place to get autographs because they had cutouts where the players had to walk right past you. Maybe it was the, that sometimes I kind of laugh at it because I'm like, Maybe that's why they complain so much about it because now they have they had to kind of like sign autographs because they couldn't. <laughs> <work. laughs> you know, players like to ignore you. It makes it hard with those older stadiums for them to ignore you because it's laid out for you to interact with the fans. And Cleveland, like they have to literally walk past you with the way it was designed. They have to walk around you to get onto the field. So. I'm, I'm I'm curious to see what you see when you go to Dunedin as far as interaction with the fans. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I was only there once. Uh, it was in 2012. It was right at 10 years ago. Um, so I'll, it'll be interesting to see how it's changed in that 10-year uh, period. I tell you what, though, going to the, the park in, uh, in, in Bradenton tomorrow, I was there, I believe it was 2019. It's an older stadium that they really uh, renovated probably five years ago, and it's really nice the way they've done it. It still has that old-school feel to it, but with a lot of the modern amenities that make it updated and upgraded to the point where it's similar to some of the other parks as well. Uh, but it's it's really neat because it's not – you know, a lot of these newer parks are off the road a ways. This one is literally – there's a main road right next to it, so you could be driving – going to work or just driving down the road and a foul ball might hit your car. So you got to be kind of careful going through that area, but it, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's, it's certainly a nice thing to be able to, it's one of the advantages of the summer year being in Florida. You've got uh, all the fairs and festivals that go on and then you got spring training and, uh, you know, the nice weather that goes, you know, right along with it. So uh, before we go tonight, uh, did you have anything else that you wanted to add? Yeah, I did want to talk about, um, you know, the Valspar championship that I went to, in Palm Harbor, it was it was a great experience that Valspar does have, and and I, I really wanted to talk about that because if you ever get a chance to go to the Valspar Championship, 
I really recommend that you guys go ahead and do it and go. It was a great experience. I know Tiger played in 2018 there at that that golf course. It is a beautiful golf course, but it's really nice that the players were really, for the most part, very down-to-earth and really cool, very nice and approachable. I got to give credit to Harold Varner III, HB3. He's an up-and-coming black uh, golfer, for those who don't know, but he was kind enough to sign up. Uh, he was kind enough to go ahead and take a photo op with me. Alexander Schaffel did as well, as well as Justin Thomas. And they were all very cordial, really nice. I didn't know what to expect. It was kind of like NASCAR where I never actually went to a golf tournament before, like the practice round. So I didn't know. I actually did go to practice round before, I should say, many, many years ago when Tiger was playing. But it felt so long ago. And this was a different (laughs) – this was a little bit different because I was going in to take pictures, get some content for our show. Whereas before I would just snap a few pictures here and there. It was actually a great time. You know, I, I'm really hoping this was not a, an event that we actually got had media access. I'm hoping that in the future we can get media access where we can be on, instead of being on one side of the fence where the fans would be, be on the other side. But even with being where the fans would be, it was actually pretty cool because Guys weren't that far away. It was built in a way where guys would be accessible, that you would, they would have to kind of walk past you. And Harold Varner III, he was so kind to take a picture. <laughs> Who else was there? And JT, Justin Thomas, you know, big name there. He did yeah, too. Yeah. And, and you know who also I was going to give credit to, which was a really cool guy, was Dustin Johnson. I didn't get a picture with him because I had went – to go get Harold at the time, but he said he he was saying his exact words. I would love to sign for you guys. That's not nothing makes me feel better than sign for you guys. And he said, let me just finish my putting. And he had a whole mom seat. And lo and behold, he took pictures and he signed autographs for everybody when he was done. And it just goes to show you that somebody might kind of come off standoffish in the media, which Dustin sometimes can. But man, he was really really cool with the fans. He was really, you know, very cool for as big of a name as he is. If there's anything, if there's anybody who would say, nah, guys, I can't do it. It would be DJ because Dustin Johnson, because he had a mob seed. And when I say mob seed, 35, 40 people was trying to get a picture and autograph from him. And yet he signed for everybody and he took pictures too. It was really me who, who um, I wasn't in position but he was there willing to do it because I wanted to get – that's how, kind of, how I kind of got Harold a picture with him kind of easy because when Dustin Johnson said he would do it right after he's putting, the whole mob seat went after him, which left me and Harold pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Within 10 minutes, <laughs> he was right there, and it was just me, him, and a couple of kids, and that was it. So, it, it, so I got to give props to the Valspar – and I got to give craps to Valspar Championship because, and also Harold was so kind enough that I put the pictures up. I did want to mention that he did like my tweet too. So he did see that I did acknowledge that he did take a picture of me and I thanked him. He did like my tweet. So thank you, Harold, for doing that, being really cool. I also wanted to thank Valspar Championship, Valspar itself, because lo and behold, Valspar did like my uh, post on Instagram about the event. 
So you just never know who's watching your pictures when you put them up on social media. Be careful what you put up there because, hey, you know, Valspar wasn't following me or anything like that, but they did see the pictures and they did like it. So I, I appreciate Valspar. For those who don't know, Valspar is a paint company. Support them. A can of paint at, at Lowe's. Really cool the way they have it decorated, very colorful. Mm-hmm. And it was just a very cool event. So I recommend, if you're listening, to go check out the Valspar Championship. I know uh, you have today and tomorrow, the last two days. But uh, if you can't, if you can't make it this year, great. If you can't, plan ahead and go next year. A couple of people on fa- on Facebook did say, and a couple of golf groups that I shared the picture with, they're like, man, it looks like it was really cool. I should have ditched work to go. <laughs> I was like, yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm not condoning somebody to miss work on it, but it was a cool time. It was a great experience. So I did want to thank Valspar Championship for doing it. I did want to thank Chick-fil-A as well as Rolex. And all the other sponsors, they were really cool, giving away a lot of great things, great experience. And I just went to the practice round, too. So just imagine how great it would be as time went. And um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was cool. It was a really cool event. Well, that's certainly great. And uh, so we're, we're going to get to those events in the future, too. I know that uh, down the line that's what our plan is uh, for our show. So I want to thank our guests here tonight. Uh, again, uh, of course, our our good buddy Lou coming on uh, as he always does. And then our special guest tonight, Steve Taylor, uh, again from the franchise consulting company uh, as well. And then of course, uh, again, Chef G's barbecue sauce. Uh, Once again, it's so delicious and addictive. You may need a support group. Unfortunately, our support group has to come to an end here tonight, but we will be back next week. Same time, same place, 930 on Friday night. And we look forward to uh, talking to you then. And I'm sure by then we'll have some, more big news in the world of sports to uh, to talk about. So for everyone who joined us here tonight, for Alan, this is Aaron signing off. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Evan and Aaron Sports Talk Podcast. Subscribe and check us out on your favorite social media platform. Thank you. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.